Okay, good day. So I got a little bit of a different episode for y'all today. I solo hosted this one and we dove deep. We went off into the deep end big time, talking deep. And it was good, great conversation. The reason I say it's not the normal, well, we don't talk about blacksmithing quite as much as we normally do. But it's still a great conversation and it all ties in with everything that we do. I really hope you guys enjoy this one. So without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy. Like, are you having a good day? Oh, I'm having a great day. Uh, welcome to Forgeside Chat, a podcast about blacksmithing, bladesmithing, and everything in between. With a heavy focus on talent in the Great White North. That's right, we're talking about Canada. And I'm solo in this episode today. I've got Nicole Conan with me from the BC area. She's been kind of going back and forth between Pender Island and the interior Kootenai area. And she's big into the axes. You may have seen her on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, you know, all the social media stuff because she's exploded since about January. And we're going to talk to her about her axe endeavor because this is pretty cool stuff. And seeing her explode on the social media scene is pretty awesome. So I'd like to talk about that a little bit too to see how that's all worked out for her. Um, in the meantime, if you've got a chance, you can head over, over to maritimeknifesupply.ca and check out their beautiful lineup of awesome bladesmithing tools and blacksmithing tools and everything else you need when it comes to that. You can use the code FSC kiln at checkout and save yourself $100 on even heat or paragon kilns. And of course, there's always the deal buy 10 grinding belts and save 10%. That means you'll get one for free. That's at maritime knife supply.ca. So, Nicole, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing pretty good there. Thanks. <laughs> awesome. Thanks a lot for jumping on to the show with me. It's uh, pretty awesome to have you on here, a fellow Canadian again. Once we've been kind of diving into the states a bunch lately so it's nice to have somebody from Canada back on again yeah happy to be here thanks for reaching out yeah oh for sure bud so Pender Island where whereabouts is that so it's like it's the it's a tiny little island uh it's the southern it's one of the southern gulf islands so I mean it's basically like a two-hour ferry ride from Vancouver so it's oh, yeah it's not yeah yeah just nice. a cute little island. <laughs> Is, uh, what brought you to Pender Island? Uh, well, I was living in the Kootenays, um, sort of in the Slocan Valley area. So like the mountains and like very BC-esque kind of place. Uh, and then, I, they, yeah, it's kind of a long story, but I had to sort of leave my home situation pretty quick. And I had friends on Pender. So I basically packed up my dog and a bunch of things in my SUV and headed over to Pender Island. And uh, cool. yeah, been kind of back and forth ever since. <laughs> right on. And you're, you're still staying hot on the uh, social media scene while you're doing all of this, making videos and dropping shorts like crazy. I've been watching you pretty intently because uh, I also noticed you took a blacksmithing course and learned how to make an axe. So you're serious about this. Yeah, I mean, the social media thing took off so quickly and so unex unexpectedly. Um, yeah, I didn't realize like wood chopping and like this kind of was a niche. Um, <laughs> and then all of a sudden it just kind of took off. And uh, I, I was like, oh, this is so fun. I'll just kind of keep going with this. 
Um, and then I had a blacksmith reach out to me. Uh, his name is Jerry from uh, Thistle Rock Forge on nice. Salt Spring Island. Nice. Yeah. Oh, he's such a great guy. Um, so he reached out to me like, yeah. Uh, so Jerry reached out to me like our like he slid into my DMs uh, one day and uh, was like, hey, do you want like this is when I was just doing wood chopping things. And uh, I did like maybe two axe reno sort of videos. Um, but Jerry reached out and he's like, Hey, do you want like a customized hand forged axe? And I was like, heck yeah. But, uh, would I be able to kind of like watch you make it? Like, cause I was on Pender Island and Salt Spring was like, just kind of, kind of like an Island, right. uh, like a little ferry right away. Yeah. So then, um, I ended up going over to, uh, his forge and finally getting into a forge and finally, uh, Pounding some, pounding some metal, and oh, I just like instantly fell in love with it. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> as does almost everybody. I, I hard pressed to find that there is anybody in this world that doesn't instantly fall in love with the feeling of moving hot metals. Just, what is it, eh? Yeah, I don't know. It's so empowering, and it's like this alchemy sort of thing. It, it really is magic, yeah. and <sighs> and I think it's so cool because like the amount of force that you're and like effort that you're putting into something like you get to see the results of it and it just like it becomes addicting that's that's yeah oh straight up hey you know what cheers to that <laughs> cheers oh man i i do have a bottle of maple syrup i could just start chugging <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. you you seriously just strive for the hardcore canadian like everything right <laughs> like i love it that's the best thing about your videos like you watch your videos and it's yo hoser this take off a eh? and so the hoser and take off thing you're obviously familiar with bob and doug oh yeah i yeah <laughs> i think i would have to leave the country if i wasn't like i'm a millennial i'm a canadian yeah <laughs> do you is it for sure would it be rude of me to ask you how old you are approximately uh, gonna be 30 in less than 30 days. <laughs> oh, wow. Good for you. Nice. Still, still nice and young then. You got lots of life ahead of you. It's a good, good uh, time to get into blacksmithing, bud. Oh, okay. Good to know. Yeah. I feel like I, yeah, like, oh, wow. My brain just, I'm sorry. It's been a long day. My brain literally just, <laughs> stuff. <laughs> but yeah, no, definitely looking forward to this next chapter of getting into more blacksmithing and, uh, yeah, I guess it's weird because like I, I'm about to turn 30, but I, I in some ways I feel like super old and some ways I feel super young. But I guess that's just mm -hmm. like the, the end of your 20s. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's kind of messed up. I remember turning 30 and being like, oh, yeah, yeah, this is I know I know what getting old feels like. Hell no. <laughs> I, <laughs> I turned 41 uh, a few months ago now here and uh, yeah, man, getting getting these aches and pains that everybody was talking about where you just wake up and things just hurt and there's nothing you can do about it. I'm, I caught my finger in a garage door when I was a little kid and it almost got cut off and it is just, it's constantly swollen now and I, I can't bend it fully. I guess I'm getting arthritis in that knuckle where it got cut. And uh, yeah, that's just been in like the last year that started happening. It's like, great. This is getting old, eh? Sweet. Can't hold things properly in that hand anymore. I go to grab something that's falling and it just slips right through my hand. It's like, ah, tabernacle. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So, I mean, what you're saying is like, there's so much to look forward to and growing old is the best. <laughs> uh, I would say 
take care of yourself is more what I'm saying because I did not take care of myself. I abused the absolute hell out of my body. I was a hardcore snowboarder and I I used to go to BC every winter and just huck myself off of cliffs and stuff. And then when I wasn't in BC, I was hucking myself down sets of stairs onto handrails, right? Hopefully onto handrails. Sometimes I missed and didn't work out so well, right? I broke a few things here and there, but yeah. So do you do anything like that? Are you into skiing or snowboarding or... What do you do in the winter? Like hucking myself off a uh, what did you say <laughs> off of cliffs and stuff? Nah, like ah, I it's weird because like I I lived in a bunch of different ski towns in in the Kootenays, yeah. um, but like I never fully got into downhill skiing. I was really into cross country skiing. Um, I, I like I have definitely skied a couple times, and I love that sort of like adrenaline rush and like being one with the mountain. Right. Uh, like a little bit of climbing. I, I, I basically like sample a bunch of, <laughs> a bunch of, I guess, like outdoor sports. So like, I wouldn't say I'm like hardcore at any of them. I'm, I'm kind of like, like dabbling in a little bit of mountain biking, a little bit of like caving is a new thing that, that was super cool. Uh, yeah. Like being inside a mountain. That's just oh, Where, wild. Where'd you do that? <laughs> Uh, in the Kootenays, kind of around Balfour area, there's yeah. this place called Cody Cody's Cave, and yeah, it was a yeah a interesting experience, like being in absolute pitch dark and like just in that I've never like experienced that sort of ecosystem before too. So yeah, there's I mean so much to discover and so much to explore. And I think that's what I'm kind of doing right now. Maybe, maybe after I'm 30, I'll like pick a sport and like, you know, settle, but I'm just like sampling, sampling all these outdoor activities. I think that's honestly probably a smarter way to do it and kind of, you know, get the best of all worlds if you can. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Why get stuck in one and just, yeah. That's awesome that you, like you mentioned the Balfour area. That is literally one of my favorite areas of BC. I, wanted to move to nelson area like super bad for the longest time and uh i don't know how to look at this fortunately i met my wife but unfortunately she has absolutely zero interest in ever moving outside of winnipeg so because she has so much family here right and uh, yeah (laughs) i've I've fallen into that i totally understand what it's all like we're i'm we're all about you know we've got a family cabin that we share with her brother and her mother and uh, we've her brother has two kids and we've got our kid now together and it's just like yeah this, so this is life now hey I mean this is I never would have imagined that this was the road I was going to go down if you would have t- ever talked to younger me you would, you'd be blown away that this is the road I ended up going down but well lo and behold I'm I'm doing it and it's it's we're having a good time man that's and that's what life's all about is having a good time eh yeah absolutely and like it's it's also great when the un- you take kind of an unex- un- unexpected turn and like it turns out better than better than you expected yeah uh, it's definitely for the better compared to where it was <laughs> and uh i mean that's some of the things that life takes you, you know, the roads that life takes you down you go through ups and downs and eventually you know you you carve a path and that's that's life for you right and i'm sure everybody has their ups and downs and i and i know from uh your social media you've been going through a few ups and downs with you know you're obviously moving around a bunch right now and dealing with that kind of stuff so it's uh you're you're part carving a path right now learning learning your ways and you know you're telling me that you're dabbling in all these different things climbing dude like that's freaking awesome 
I wish I had done that. I've not something I've never done before. It's you gotta be tough to do you are tough though, like freaking tough as nails. Look at you in your freaking axe videos, right? Well, thank, I mean, ah, like here, I'm just going to break my own illusion. Like, you know, social media, you only get little snippets of uh, somebody's life. And I mean, I put out the stuff that's very curated. Um, but so, I mean, thank you for the compliments. But um, day to day, uh, definitely not as not tough as nails. Um, but, you know, I, I think like, like sort of an interesting thing um, that I was sort of reflecting on with uh, sort of my social media because I do kind of like again breaking breaking my own illusion um sort of the the persona that I portray on social media is like a bit of an exaggeration of I mean it's it's almost like this character like this very Canadian like like lumberjack character oh, um yeah. and that's like yeah I you guess can kind of, um, you, you can read you can read that I think though like I don't know okay good um <laughs> uh, but it's interesting like um like at but behind like in in real life i guess like the real nicole is is quite shy and like not as confident as i like maybe portray and but it like for me it's almost been this kind of cathartic um almost escapism mm -hmm. like being able to embody that character and then i've noticed like little bits of that character have become present in my real life like that's it's almost like this it's gonna sound so cheesy and cliche but like this like manifestation of like the things that I wanted to be. And now it's like kind of coming about, which is coming about, <laughs> which is kind of cool. <laughs> uh, my daughter just brought me a cute little drawing. So nice. Thank you, Emily. Aww. Oh man. That's, that's so awesome that you look at it that way because it's oddly enough, I've been looking like with the podcasting I've been doing and social media and whatnot, joining the, the blacksmithing group we have here, we started a, uh, joining it we started it i was the president for a while it's like these these little steps you take in life to be more comfortable with who you are as a person and just finally accepting like yeah this is this is me and i'm i'm happy being me this is good this like i know who i am now right totally and i think that's like kind of going back to the you know when you're growing old <laughs> but it, like I guess that's kind of true. Like the, the longer you're on this planet and the more you get to kind of explore and experiment, uh, you know, then the more you're able to sort of see how those things sort of like fit you. And uh, yeah, like, I think that's, that's like part of life is like, you should kind of take risks or should kind of like just sample as much things as you can and find what works for you. And don't hold yourself back from, you know, I, cause I never thought that I would get into blacksmithing or any of this kind of stuff like I thought I was always going to have like a computer job in the city <laughs> and now I can do the opposite uh like definitely still do computer work but uh I, I get to be outside as much as almost as much as I want and uh try to encourage other people to just like get out there and I don't know um do cool stuff so it's yeah. <laughs> uh, I I could see you being like an outdoorsy kind of guide person type thing. Like you you'd be awesome for that. Like especially if you could bring in that Canadian persona into being a guide, dude, like on a like a river rafting guide or something like that. Holy frick. Be like, give this girl as many tips as you possibly can. She's awesome. <laughs> oh, well, they, I mean, hey, that's a good you know what? Maybe I'll start reaching out to some uh like outdoorsy tour companies and could use a side hustle. <laughs> be a 
wicked side hustle. For, I could totally see you doing that big time. That'd be so awesome. <laughs> uh, so what do you what do you do for work normally? What is your your gig? Like you were saying, computers. Is it um, what kind of computer work? Yeah, well, I, I guess I do like a, <laughs> it's kind of a, a mixture of a bunch of things right now. Um, I do make a little bit off of social media with like sponsorships and stuff, but I say no to majority of people that reach out to me for sponsorships just because a lot of them don't fit my my vibe or my my ethics. Like uh, I think because I identify as a woman, um, I've had quite a few like makeup companies reach out to me and I'm like, I don't think you get the vibe don't um, <laughs> you don't wear makeup at all not really and like some of the makeup companies like I, like I've researched like I I'm kind of a nerd when it comes to uh like supply chains and stuff because I used to work in uh ethical supply chains and like right. um and like social value sort of stuff uh and so like I like every company that reaches out to me I like kind of do like a background check on them almost and like a lot of them I just don't don't feel super cozy with and I've also done a lot of work in environmental nonprofits so like I yeah I guess like my <laughs> my morals hold me back from actually like I guess like making money as an influencer which I'm totally fine with like I I, I sleep at night so that's that's fine um that's, yeah. but like for work yeah uh for work I do a lot of freelance kind of stuff. So like freelance editing, uh, video editing. Um, I do work with some nonprofits doing communications. Um, and then I do a lot of like kind of random labor gigs, <laughs> like on the island. Uh, every now and then, like people need help with, I don't know, like uh, random yard work or like landscaping and just kind of, uh, which uh, I kind of love because then you get to, sometimes you learn new skills or like just get out with the community and uh yeah this this computer work stuff that you do that's pretty uh pretty awesome actually dude like that's you you just dropped the fact that you've got a lot of knowledge in places that not a lot of people have a not a lot of knowledge on like that's pretty interesting how did like was that something through high school did you go to university or college for this stuff or <laughs> no i like barely went to like i after high school i I did not want to go to university and I didn't, uh, I kind of like, not, uh, like, so I grew up super religious and sheltered and never thought that you could kind of maybe kind of cut that, cut that part. Sure. Out, actually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, uh, yeah, growing like after high school, I thought that you could only have, like, I only thought I, hmm, let me catch my thought there. I mean, you've been open about that stuff on social media, so. Okay, I just didn't want to get into like the religious thing or anything. I, I, whatever um, is you're comfortable with. Sorry, I, okay. I, it doesn't bother me. Okay, yeah, um, yeah. Well, I grew up like pretty traditional and and kind of conservative, and never thought that you could make money uh, doing something creative. Mm -hmm. So after high school, yeah, <laughs> after high school. Uh, like I was kind of, um, you know, given the advice that I should get into like PSW work or nursing or like being a vet tech, but I was really bad at science. <laughs> like I loved caring for animals and like I did work uh, as a personal assistant to folks with disabilities, um, but I just didn't want to do that. I loved it. It was, but I just didn't feel 
super fulfilled doing mm-hmm. that. So after high school, I kind of just like ran off on my own for <laughs> for a couple of years, which uh, growing up super sheltered, then all of a sudden, like kind of getting hit in the face with a bunch of like the world just like opened up and expanded. And I, I, I think that was actually like so valuable for me in, in like an educational sense, but in like a, like a street smart kind of sense. And like, cause I, I had been, yeah, like I had lived in a bubble and then all of a sudden I was like on the streets in Toronto. Like I slept in my car a couple nights and uh, like was just trying to like hustle and, but didn't understand what that meant. And, uh, yeah and then I got like uh I was trying to get into the film industry so I um reached out to like mentors and some of them were good people some of them were not so good people and so I just like had a crash course um from uh age 18 I would say to like 21 I uh, crashed course in like life and that changed me so much like I was almost a different person uh after at the at the end of that um in some good ways and some a little bit more like I had to thicken my skin a little bit and uh, experienced some things that um, weren't super comfortable, but also I gained a lot of skills from. And uh, so that I, I kind of went to the school of life <laughs> in a way. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then that, um, and I think those couple of years like taught me a lot of resilience and adaptability and yeah. And then, so then eventually I did go to like one year of film school um, and that was all I kind of needed. So then I went to, or like after that, I kind of started my own little video production company in Ontario and was just working with, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but with that, like, so then I kind of did like a little bit of the entrepreneur thing, but like, wasn't really that successful at it. Like, cause I was working mainly with nonprofits and uh, artists. So like a lot of my friends were musicians and they'd be like, Hey, can you do a music video for me? And I'd be like, Sure. And they'd be like, we have no budget, but uh, do you want us to play a, uh, a fundraiser? And so we do like a lot of exchange kind yeah. of things, which, you know, so it was like putting like paid by good karma, I guess. <laughs> um, but You meet a lot of good yeah. people doing that kind of work, but you don't make a lot of money. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> so, I mean, it was good for a little bit, but then, yeah, I kind of got it had to make a little bit more money. Uh, but then I did a little bit of uh, personal training. So then I got certified as a personal trainer as like another little side hustle, um, which was, yeah. And that was, that was a really fun job. Um, I worked at a, a variety of diff- different gyms. And what I found interesting was uh, like, there was one gym that I worked at that was a very uh, open, inclusive, like, queer friendly space where you could bring your kids, your dogs, like (laughs) anyone. And you could just kind of show up and do whatever you wanted. And just like, it was, it was a place where um, like, you didn't even have to show up to work out. You could just like show up and just like be a part of a community. It was almost more of a community space than it was a gym, which like was also super beneficial. And then on the other end of the spectrum, I also worked at these like kind of uh, higher end gyms where, you know, like, I hate to stereotype, but like the suburban moms would come in in like, like fancy kind of yoga suits mm-hmm. and uh, would, didn't want to sweat too much. And 
<laughs> so got got an interesting uh, perspective of the the fitness industry. Some things that I mean, there's definitely a lot that can evolve in in that industry, but uh, yeah, it was a it was a good experience. I, I used to be a bit of a gym nut in a way, like I wasn't like a weightlifter kind of much. I was more into doing cardio and um, endurance kind of stuff, and then I rolled jujitsu a bunch as well when I was younger. And um, I never got to experience anything outside of just like a basic city gym, really. It was always my choice of a gym was just going to a basic city gym. And you would see all walks of life come into there. It was interesting for sure. You'd get people that were like hardcore came doing their crazy workouts. And then you'd have the yoga moms as well that couldn't quite afford to go to the fancy gym, I guess, or whatever. Maybe the fancy gym was too busy. So they came to the city gym, but yeah. And then, yeah. And then you would get, you know, kids in there that were just goofing around or they'd come to just run track for the heck of it. And it was, it was nice. I always enjoyed going to the gym like that and being around the, that, you know different crowd versus uh, i guess at one point i started going to a gym that was like um a higher end gym but not higher end in the sense of like um meant for people with money but meant for people that were like uh like playing with the winnipeg blue bombers and stuff like that my uh, physiotherapist that i picked up was a physiotherapist for the winnipeg blue bombers so i just happened to be like side by side with a couple of them at times it was pretty interesting and watching them work out it was like holy crap those guys are gnarly <laughs> it's pretty cool but so you're still doing are you still doing the personal training thing is that still part of your life or is like you do you still work out all the time uh yeah i mean well just to kind of go back to what you said about like the the gym community like that's so cool that you had uh those two different or had the insights of those uh, that experience with the 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 variety of the the people that go to the gym because uh, I remember like uh, one of the gyms that had the most impact on me uh, it was like this little basement essentially like it was this grungy little boxing gym run by this like kind of older guy uh, who you know like back in the day he was like this like hardcore fighter and then uh, you know like. <laughs> retired from from the game and uh was just like kind of teaching boxing in this like little kind of it was like a, this like tiny little room in this like warehouse That's and awesome. uh, it was it was it was like <laughs> the first day I, I remember going there like uh because I, I found it online I found this like space online um and uh the, the website was like like really like one of those like old websites like from like high school html sort of coding mm. class you know like <laughs> is this even legit like am i gonna get murdered <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah i show up to this like warehouse essentially and like walk in and like uh because the guy emailed like i was on the phone with him and he's like oh yeah it's in the warehouse in the very very back in in like the left uh the the last door on the left and like I walk in and I'm like yeah no I'm definitely gonna get murdered here uh because like no one was there and um but like walk in and uh there's and uh meet the guy for the first time and I walk in uh and he's there alone and just like mopping the floor and he's like so you want to learn boxing eh yeah it really was it really was like the whole time I'm like am I getting punked like just um, corner eyes out of the corner of your head constantly. 
Yeah, yeah. But honestly, like, he really helped me just, like, get more self-esteem um, and just, like, feel empowered in my body, which I was definitely feeling disempowered at that point. And I, after, like, because I, I would train with him kind of one-on-one and we'd do, like, private classes. Um, he basically became, like, my sensei. Yeah, <laughs> so dude. it was very, like, yeah. Uh, and then, actually, that, yeah. Uh, so from that experience, like he definitely kind of like planted the seed that made me want to kind of share that empowerment with uh, others. So then that's when I got into personal training. Um, but back to your question. Um, sorry, I just like went off no, on a no, tangent dude, there. I, I love it. It's uh, awesome. Do it. I, I, I freaking, I took <laughs> you off of the tangent you were already on and I sidetracked you for crepe's sake. Dang it. <laughs> you're on a good, you're on a good roll there. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. This is good. I, are you ADHD? Because I'm also like, yeah, this is yeah, that, I, I can tell. It. Yeah, we're both like, this is terrible. <laughs> ter- okay, ter- wonderful all at the same time. <laughs> as long as it's somewhat coherent, we're, we're fine. People are going to um, listen to this and just but- be like, holy fuck. <laughs> <laughs> too much um but you asked uh like if i'm still like personal training right. or if i'm still like i mean uh i'm not do i don't have any like personal training clients or anything um because i'm also like i don't <laughs> I, i'm on an island yeah. uh there's no gym here and i also i don't actually live here full-time so i'm like constantly traveling and then i i was thinking about doing like virtual personal training yeah. but because my schedule is just so inconsistent. Like I, I want to, I don't think I can like give people commitments. Uh, like we're going to do a weekly thing. Like I can't, I can't promise that to anybody right now. Um, but then like for my own sort of fitness, I don't really have a like consistent routine and I don't, I don't mean to sound obnoxious, but I, I do have, I do get, a lot of questions on social media about my arm routine. (laughs) Um, People are like, do you just wood chop? Is that what gives you like the, the biceps? And I like wood chopping is good, you know, for, for a little bit of that uh, muscle definition, but I wouldn't say that's like the one and only thing. (laughs) Like, yeah, you gotta, you gotta lift. It's naturally toned or no, you're, are you, constantly lifting or what where you at here because seriously d- dude you got toned you got toned for sure <laughs> oh thank you i mean lighting definitely helps and like coming from a film background i kind of oh. know when to like film when the sun you know i'm revealing all my no i <laughs> i kind of picked that up with your with your film actually is that it seems like you have a very good habit of picking perfect lighting yeah, you got it. Like one of the tricks is like, it's bet. I mean, if you're looking for tone definition or like muscle definition, go with a little bit of backlight. So like, don't film when the sun is highest in the sky film, usually in the evening or in like the early, early morning. But I would, I would suggest if anyone's going to do this, like film in the evening when the sun is like, like, I guess like around in summertime in Canada, that would be uh, like the best times would probably be like sometime after after 4 p.m. Yeah. <laughs> if you're looking for like that, that good kind of cinematic lighting. <laughs> yeah, no, that make, that's cool. That makes sense. I get it. I, my my freaking 
grandma used to own a photography studio in Edmonton. My, I used, I literally grew up hanging out in a photography studio for years. And I, I, I used to go in the black room with her. Like it was a legit photography studio. And uh, my uncle still does it. He's got a bunch of the old photography equipment still in his office or whatever that he, he kept. And he's uh, he still kind of does it a little old school, but a little new school as well. I love photography. I always have. I, I used to film my snowboarding and I used to make uh, snowboard edits when I was younger, too. It was one of my big things. And that's I think that's one of the things I can appreciate you is, is your quality of content and i'm sure that attributes to why you've gone viral on on youtube and stuff like that is you're not putting out crappy videos there is you know there's a thing i've heard before i can't say for sure where i've heard it before about the whole trying to meet the algorithm is don't worry necessarily about the quality of your video just put out so many videos per day right i kind of disagree with that i think you're shooting yourself in the foot if that's what you're going for is just putting out like decent videos you if you put out good video like your prime example how often do you put out a video i yeah i don't really have like a, a schedule but like i i definitely um agree with that like quality over quantity because otherwise you're just it, otherwise you're just spamming people and like that just doesn't like i think like you want to give people value and like i I, I try to put out like three videos a week. Sometimes it's more, sometimes it's less. Um, it sort of depends because like every video that I film, there's probably at least three to four videos that I have filmed that I will never yeah. put out. <laughs> like I'll, I'll film something and then edit it. And then during the editing and I'm like, I'm like, no, this, I can't, I, I like, <laughs> I cringe too much. I cringe at everything that I put out, but like there's a certain level of cringe <laughs> that I'll allow to to you go just out. <laughs> put out a video not that long ago about all your cringe moments. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I get it, dude. I, yeah, I'm one of the same. I do the exact same thing. I, I, I've done reels a bunch for Instagram lately, and there's yeah, there's been a few where I, I and I, I've put up some that I even the ones I've put up, I look back on, it's like, yeesh, dude, that was brutal. But yeah, well, can you do that one them all? Yeah, I think. Totally. And I think that's just like kind of part of just being a creative and like putting yourself out there. And, you know, in like, in the moment, it might feel you might be like, oh, man, this is like gonna be so good. And like, people are gonna love this. And then all of a sudden, like, two hours after you posted it, people are like, wait, what is this? Or like, it just doesn't. Oh, the internet's weird. Because like, you never can really tell what's gonna what's gonna go viral, or like what people are gonna like, or how people are gonna react to things. Uh, what yeah. what was your first video that went viral? <laughs> so the first, I mean, when I the video that like got me into the wood chopping niche uh, was a parody um, of this other of like I guess like the OG wood chopper Thorin Bradley. Um, if anybody has gotten into like the the TikTok wood chopping, he's he's the wood he's the male wood chopper and like he is the 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 legendary like the wood chopper i would say um so like <laughs> uh one one day i think it was in january i was just kind of sitting in my room after work and after working on the computer all day and was kind of just like sad and 
was scrolling through TikTok as one does when they're just trying to like distract themselves and uh, forget about life. Um, and then I came across one of Thorin's videos and he was chopping wood. And I'm like, I, I know how to do that. And that looks like fun. I'm going to go make a make a spoof of this guy. Uh, and so I, I did and uh, put that on the internet. And then people in the comments were like, oh, you should do that again. And then so I did. I did another sort of like campy kind of spoof. And then eventually after like a couple of those like spoofy wood chopping videos, I kind of became the the cliche that I was spoofing and then started to develop this other character um, from that cliche. And that's now I'm, I almost feel like I'm, I've come full circle where I'm like spoofing myself. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I I I know that feeling. I mean, I go by Lando on social media. That's what I've got my name on here or whatever. It's what a lot of people actually know me as. Born and raised as Linden. But the social media thing kind of caught hold and I was it was in the middle of me doing a bunch of starting podcasting and stuff like that. I was just like, let's roll with it. Let's let's just do it. It's what everybody's getting to know me as. Let's just keep it like that and yeah, I don't know. It's fun. <laughs> I don't know how else to put it. Yeah, and that's kind of awesome. But it, yeah, it's like you—it was bestowed upon you, or like it just kind of organically happened, and you're like, okay, <laughs> let's just yeah. grow this. I mean, it was it, like it was a nickname way back in the day that I just brought up again. But yeah, so like it came out of nowhere, or nothing. But yeah, that's—I uh, I get the idea of just feeling like you've kind of taking on this uh, social media persona versus the person you you used to be maybe but you still are the person you used to be type thing but you're like it's like you're two people at the same time almost yeah and that's really like interesting when when the two worlds start to like kind of merge or or the seams between them are become uh, thinner um like sometimes people will will recognize me from from the internet and uh like i i think it was just like uh 2 days ago i was in uh canadian tire i think like i was on in vancouver no more than 2 days ago <laughs> last time i was on vancouver i was in canadian tire and somebody uh came up to me and was like oh wait you're the wood chopper <laughs> or like you're the wood chopping girl and <laughs> i was like yeah that that that's me and i think they were kind of disappointed that i wasn't like you know super <laughs> oh yeah hey, good day. <laughs> <laughs> like, i guess like if i go into a city i should always just like have a bottle of maple syrup on me or just like an axe <laughs> yeah no that's not a bad idea so keep in like uh in your in your in your pocket or something like that a little tiny mini bottle of that's a good idea I should, you know what? Maybe I will now. <laughs> um, but, but it is interesting. Like when people, are, oh, it's made dating really weird, but like maybe that's a whole different tangent. But like it is, it is weird when like people know, feel like they know you online and then they meet you in real life. And then they're like, wait, oh, there's a, <laughs> there's a little bit, like we're all multifaceted people. And on social media, you can only show so right. much and you can only like help, help people understand so much. It's like a, 
like a one side versus like a three dimensional. Well, you, you really try to portray thing. your positive side on social media as much as possible. You don't want to give off. Well, there's a reason you don't want to give off a negative vibe because it's going to push people away. And that's the last thing you want to do when it comes to social media is try to push people away. I, I somewhat don't care sometimes and I tend to do it almost, you know, stab myself in the foot on purpose. It seems like, but I, it's not on purpose. Trust me. I'm just, I've got like mental issues or something i don't know but anyways <laughs> um you i do understand this whole like as a social media person you you don't get to see the the full person when it comes to social media because most people want to portray them you start getting to know somebody and they start sending you dms all the time and you start to realize that they're like absolutely perverted or something like that and it's like whoa I had no idea you went that far, bud. Cool. All right. That's awesome. Like, I've been getting some crazy weird DMs lately from people, man. It's weird. Like, I'm just like, okay, that's cool. I love I love the reels, but that one was really fucked up. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, the, yeah. The DMs can be, like, a scary place sometimes. You've been getting crazy. What, like, is is it from – is it consistently from – like one person or is it just like there's a couple of people <laughs> i could name names and they would probably not care that i dropped their names but i'm not going to do that because well i mean steve steve cordelson he's he's like me and okay so he's like sending me weird like really weird reels or whatever and, he, and weird is in like like nerdy weird kind of thing not like you know, oh my God, close my eyes weird. But like, okay, like what? I didn't even understand that, dude. Like, was I supposed to laugh or be like, what What did I just watch, man? So he's, he was sending me tons of videos like that. I'm like, okay, you know what? That's it. I'm going to start, I'm going to start finding weird shit to send you, dude. So I started sending him weird shit back. Like you want it? This, it's on, bro. So now we're on this like tangent of sending weird shit back and forth. But yeah, there's a few people that have sent me some dirty, yes. dirty shit. And I'm just like, okay, you know, like, I can, I can be a dirty guy sometimes, but like that went a little too far. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, that's great. Like, that's a great response, though, that you had to, to Steve, just like, okay, it's on. Like, just like a, a real, real war. <laughs> He's, or something. Steve's awesome. He actually just got back from Japan. We were supposed to chat last night and he ended up having to work a little bit later than he planned to and so did I. And Dude, okay, I'm taking apart my trailer camper right now because I was going to repack the trailer, uh, the tire bearings, go to repack the bearings and I'm like, that's not grease in there. Grease is not like brown. What the heck? It's the guy who did the trailer, trailer bearings before, or the tire bearings before me, used never sees as the grease. And the bearings were shot. And it's like, oh, great, cool. Now I got to not just repack bearings. I also got to redo the bearings. So I had to do a whole, all four bearings on the freaking trailer. And that ended up taking me all night last night, pretty much. So I ended up having to kibosh my chat with Steve, unfortunately. But he's like he's like hardcore dude. He loves his Japanese culture and he just went there for like two weeks and took a bunch of like traditional Japanese knife making courses. It's like, yeah, rad, rad as hell. Oh, that would be amazing. Yeah. yeah. Do you oh, have yeah. <laughs> we're look at us all over the place, right? Do you have plans to take more blacksmithing courses? Where are you at with that, dude? 
<laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Because, um, you know, like the first time I was ever in, in a forge, I was making an axe, which was Not, like a, <laughs> that yeah, jumped the gun. Definitely. Like <laughs> That was, no. And, and so like, thankfully after that, like I, I um, connected with, Vancouver Island Blacksmith Association. Um, so they're in on uh, Vancouver yeah, Island. The faci- just the person, yeah, so right? The name. Neil, Neil Gustafson? Gustafson? Is that his name? Uh, I connected Rob. with Rob. Rob. Uh, he, he also is like Sea, uh, sea Wolf Forge on Instagram. Like, so after. After, after making the axe with Jerry, uh, Rob uh, invited me to um, basically go into the forge with him. And uh, we made uh, an axe out of like recycled metal or just like kind of like scrap metal, uh, which was really cool. And then I uh, went back another time to make a knife. So I feel like I jumped over to step five and I'm like finally going back, <laughs> back the steps to eventually I just need to like. I made a leaf, so at go. least that's that's, that's like, step one. You know, one right of the there. beginner ones. You, you took there step one at least. Yeah, <laughs> Take, you know, that's nothing like go. starting at step five, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, really thrown into the fire as they. So say. when you and Jerry made the axe, what did you guys use for starting material? Do you remember? Oh, that's a good question. See, like this is I'm going to show like how much of a newbie I am. Uh, I don't remember the actual metal uh it was like i mean did you guys start with a rectangular chunk or a round chunk rectangular rectangular did did you guys have to uh you had to drift the hole in it obviously did you do all that by hand or was there did you have machines for that we did have uh most of it was by hand and like as much as we could do we did by hand uh but then we did have like a a press and uh Uh, having a hydraulic press is (laughs) makes things so much easier i i I used to make hammers by hand and i'm like no not anymore screw that yeah no and jerry stuff it like his his forge is so well set up and yeah it's i mean he's he's a master at what he does so i was super grateful and super lucky to uh kind of work with him on that and like he was also just like so good at kind of explaining the process and I mean, I, I wish I took notes because he would explain everything. Um, and, and then all of a sudden, like the next day, I, like, <laughs> I was just like so overwhelmed and like so excited about the whole thing. I'm like, oh, what did I? Yeah, I need to do that at least 20,000 more times to actually understand that. <laughs> I, I, I know the uh, even after blacksmithing for a few years, I went and took a course with uh, Matt Jenkins. And I had the exact same experience where I was excited to be there. And there was also just so bloody much to intake in a few hours. It was, it was hard to absorb, very hard to absorb. Yeah. And like, sorry, there's a dog barking. (laughs) Okay. Uh, But yeah, no, it's like, it was so cool because or I think like what what was so cool about like uh, the experience that um, I think what was so cool about like uh, what I got to experience was like uh, like there's so much almost like chemistry to blacksmithing and like even a little bit of like mathematics mm-hmm. and then but then it's also like so kinesthetic and like it's just like your brain is just so overstimulated which is so fun especially for like a yeah. brain. <laughs> Um, and it also <laughs> like is that a, is that a thing though like yep. are a lot of blacksmiths 
Two yep. five to yep. thirty two. Yep. Okay. Time. That's a huge thing. Just with artistry, I think. Yeah. Well, and, yeah. and you know, a lot of blacksmiths might kind of not agree with the fact that they're artists, but I personally believe that anybody that does anything with metal, whether it's, you know, um, just doing um, stock removal, like just using an, a grinder to remove the material to make a knife, you're you're still an artist. You're shaping that piece into your personal desire. It's art. It's, there's no other way to put it. I mean, it's kind of different when you start using like a CNC machine to just pump out a thousand and the exact same thing. Maybe at one point it was art, but at the once you get into production, it's sorry. No offense there, uh, production guys. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> no, that's so true. Like if, if there's like some sort of creative creativity involved, then, you know, you're, you're an artist or like a artsy. Yeah. I, I, I can see how some people are like, no, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah. Why do you think that they're like not okay with being called? An um, artist? I, I think that some people just, in the it's I think it's more in the knife world and I maybe I'm wrong, but it's kind of mm. it's something I, I think I've picked up is that there's a lot of knife makers that don't look at their knives as art. It's a tool. It's you know it's a utensil. Ah. You use it. It's not art. That's and an, an axe, a hammer, a nail can be art for crying out loud. A freaking oh. Look at the banana that someone duct taped to a freaking wall and got called art. <laughs> or, uh, it, yeah, yeah, I mean that. Yeah, no, that that that's so true. Literally, any. I mean, we're getting into some philosophy here, but like, literally, anything can be art. But I guess I could kind of see like maybe some maybe some people like think of art as like a passive thing and like it's just something something to be observed and like you can't use it whereas yeah like a like a tool maker is like no like i want you to like you know pound with this or like make things with it yeah i mean i've interesting i've got a hammer that i'll never use uh a friend of mine made it mm. for me as a gift for being the founding president of the Manitoba Blacksmith Association or Manitoba Blacksmith Guild, sorry. And the um, members of the Manitoba Blacksmith Guild got him to make it in cahoots or whatever and and gave it to me as a gift for for doing that. And honestly, it's such a bloody beautiful hammer I'll, and, and just the, the sentimental value behind it. I, I don't ever want to put a ding in that thing. No, I just want that thing to be on my shelf or hung on the wall is something to uh to cherish for the rest of my life you know maybe one of these days my kid's gonna grab it and go whack some nails with it or something i mean i bet i wouldn't doubt right but yeah hopefully hopefully i can raise my kids smarter than that i don't know i i was a little shit when i was a kid man and i i, I was raised a lot in the same sense as you with that whole conservative conservative sorry, conservative background family that, um, you know, there was a lot of holdbacks on what you were allowed to do and what you weren't, al weren't allowed to do or whatever. And, you know, you get to a certain point where you got that freedom and it was like, holy shit. But I mean, I, I, I found ways to be a little shit in between all that too. So, uh, yeah. Anyways. Um, so the, with the blacksmithing stuff, when you were doing the 
axe. Were you guys doing it in a coal forge or were you using a propane forge? Uh, I mean, back to that like, oh, okay. little shit. Sorry. Did you find, did you find them? like those like little, I, I guess like sprinkles of being a shit. If you didn't have that, do you think you would have like been the person you are? Today? Well, like, <laughs> no, okay. no, no I, I don't mind. It's I, I kind of tried to avoid talking about it some more, but it's okay. If you want to talk about it some more, let's talk about it some more. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like getting into like a therapy mode. Like, okay, tell me about how you really. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, uh, you're, you're totally right. I mean, well, everything you do in life shapes you to be who you are. Right. And those, all those bad moments are, are all part of that. I mean, um, I, I honestly think some of the, Oh, dude, I remember. Okay, so I was probably, I think I was 19 years old. And I indulged in some um, things that made me um, go off into a, a weird thought process. And I spent the night crying in in the corner of the bathroom and kind of like had so much self reflection of those bad things and absorbed all like all at one time dude it just like was such a transformation it was so intense and like I'll never forget that moment and everything that like the I was a different person the next day but I think you know a a lot of me growing up, I never took the time to have that self-reflection. So it all hit at once. And that's, that was kind of a problem that I enveloped where, you know, you, if you take the time to self-reflect on all the mistakes you make as you make them, which I do nowadays, you, you grow off of your mistakes, right? Which you should. I didn't when I was younger and I just kept making shitty mistakes over and over again until I had that moment in life. And it was like, well, dude, slapped me in the face and kind of woke up and changed life at that moment right whoa that i mean that's an intense experience it that's interesting i mean i definitely relate to that sort of you know if you're just like constantly suppressing throughout life it's not like that stuff ever goes away it's just like you just kind of keep putting it down keep putting it down but eventually it'll hit you and it sounds like it just like <laughs> hit you real hard yeah, yeah that was that was a weird night a really weird night <laughs> yeah uh i i was going through a very weird time in life at that point i'll tell you what i didn't know who i was or what i wanted to do with myself anymore and i was living with some random dude in a one one bedroom apartment because i got kicked out of my apartment for being you know uh what do you call it when you get evicted for having too many parties and shit or whatever right it was just like yeah got got an eviction uh, notice one day on the door or under the door or whatever a letter and it's like you have to be out in two weeks like what damn all right well i i got i guess i guess i got warnings so that's what you get for being a shit right yeah <laughs> it was kind of yeah. had to go on this whole thing of like you know, like you said, you know, you when you were younger too, you went on this whole like vagabond thing, and I mean, you, you let's be honest, it sounds like you're on it again. 
or sell. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, yeah. Yeah. No, that's interesting. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it definitely feels like, uh, you know, I think like that kind of, it almost comes in cycles um, that sort of, because like you never fully, like your identity now is probably going to be very different than your identity or like who you see yourself as in the next 20 years. Like there are definitely some things that like are pretty solid throughout your life, like maybe morals or actually yep. even those kind of change a little bit. Like, I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Um, now we're getting into like the philosophy hey, hey, of identity. I said but no it's so true that. Religious talks. This is cool. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean that seems to be a common theme though like when like because I I definitely relate to sort of your experience like um I, like I definitely like one time in my life I felt like I was kind of at a rock bottom like I didn't know who I was I didn't really have like a home or like a stable home I didn't really have education from like the like a corporate standpoint or like for jobs um like my resume was like yeah. so random and weird uh so like I was just like so unstable in so many parts of my life like um like in finances and jobs and even friends and relationships and also especially in identity um and they all kind of like you know influence each other um and I kind of had a, a crying in the bathroom sort of moment with like maybe a substance as well <laughs> that helped me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, so I think there's like a, that almost seems to be like a, uh, but I, I think, yeah, like, but I think it too, like it kind of helped me stop, like completely stop for a second. Cause I, I realized like I was so distracting or like I was constantly trying to distract myself, just constantly trying to like get through the day yep. or like feel a little bit better. Um, and then I almost needed to like hit a wall to just like stop me in my track so that I actually did deal with uh, the things that were piling up. Cause like everything was piling up and it was just, it was becoming too much and I didn't know how to deal with all of it. Um, and so I just kept distracting myself from from like essentially like my house was on fire and like I was like no it's all <laughs> fine like uh, but then eventually I needed to like, that meme or something. <laughs> I did not just picture that in my head at all <laughs> yeah. That's oh man uh so now you know you're kind of your path you're carving this path you're you're moving forward i mean i i remember when i was essentially carving my path and and still fighting this straight and narrow that i've been on now for the last oh, about 15 years almost now i've been on the exact same path as doing the exact same thing day in day out almost essentially minus trying to start my own side business has been a huge endeavor but it's essentially been same thing day in day out got, got a girlfriend got married got a house had a kid bought another house eventually we had dogs this and that you know the just the normal normal thing for the last 15 years essentially but you know getting to that point which i think it sounds like you're kind of getting to that point of finding your straight and narrow maybe maybe who knows maybe you won't maybe you'll just be a vagabond the whole rest of your life do you do you see yourself kind of like picking a path 
in some sort of way now in life? Do you where where you want to go? Maybe like you know, do you seeing yourself develop something as like a business maybe, or what do you what do you see in your future? I mean, that's a good question, and that because that's what I've been kind of asking myself lately, um, especially. Uh, it's weird like that the social media thing kind of took off because it's it's definitely brought some opportunities that I I never would have thought I would be getting into uh like blacksmithing. Um and I think like my goal has like kind of always or like my dream has always been just to have a little farm somewhere in the mountains, uh like a little Thank log you. cabin um with like <laughs> With like a shop and like probably some weird farm animals, like an alpaca or something. Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, that's that's like the dream. Um, and like how I'm gonna get there is what I'm trying to figure out. Because uh, it, yeah, I guess like I don't have a lot of clarity on what my path is right now. But right now, I feel like it's I'm having a lot of fun with whatever is happening. Like I used to work like a sort of a nine to five or used to be on the computer from nine to five and felt like my life was kind of slipping away, even though I did kind of, I, I did ha get satisfied or I was satisfied in what I did for work. Um, but it always felt like something was missing, like some sort of create creative edge or like some sort of connection with, with myself. And, and I always just wanted to, I don't know, explore more, but at the end of the day, I just felt so tired. And uh, right now I feel a lot more alive than I have um, in quite in quite a long time. So yeah, my pa like even when friends are like, what are you doing right now? And I'm like, honestly, I don't really know. But like, I'm just kind of taking it day by day and it seems to be working out. Uh, so I'm just going to kind of keep rolling with this and hopefully I'll find some clarity. But if I don't, and I'm still able to kind of just keep going this down this path, like one step at a time without actually knowing what this path is leading to, like, I don't know. I, it, it makes no sense to me. Like, I don't know, like stability wise, like my income is weird and like very inconsistent. Um, and, uh, my living situation is also inconsistent. Like, but I don't know. It just, it feels a little, whatever's happening feels magical. So I'm just kind of trusting whatever's going it's, on. <laughs> uh, it, it sounds, I don't know if, I, I want to use the word magical myself. That might not sound right coming from me personally, but it sounds pretty <laughs> damn awesome. I'll say that much. I mean, you sound free if that is, you know, you like, mm. you just, you, you sound like you have true freedom and uh, I got, I got envy. I got envy for it, dude. I mean, I don't have that option in life. Obviously I've got a, a family that I am ad adhered to, but I, I didn't do it when I was younger either when I had the chance and I sure wish I would have man. So way to go do it. Enjoy life while you can, <laughs> you know, you're still just, you're only 30. Enjoy it. Right. I mean, do you, do you follow Gary V at all? A little bit. I used to. He's, I used to. I haven't kept up with it. be a little too much sometimes. Much. But this whole idea of yeah. like, <laughs> you know, 50 is not too late. I I fully agree with it. You, yeah. you know, you can still be 50 and decide to start your own business and still become like mega successful. Lots of people have done it. 
So, you know, find your path until you find your path, right? Instead of getting sucked into a day job that you hate for the rest of your life. Don't do that. Trust me. No, I, don't, I don't hate my day job. Don't take that the wrong <laughs> way. I, I just know people that do. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, I think that's like, I, I think one of my fears in life is living a life that's just like passive and mm-hmm. I'm not actually living it. Um, and I think I fear that to the point of like, <laughs> maybe taking too much risks um, and being un- maybe even uh, like almost purposely being unconventional just to like kind of build that muscle in a way. Uh, but I think it's because uh, I, I definitely have friends that, um, and I love my friends, at, but I don't know, like they're, they're just their jobs. Um, and I, and like, I knew these people growing up and they used to be the most imaginative kids and used to play all the time. And, and I just feel like they're the life uh, just kind of uh, got sucked out of them. Cause they just fell into the script that, and they didn't even, I feel like they didn't even, they weren't active in, in the script. They just kind of like let it happen to them. And that, and like, so they didn't really choose like their partners. They're just like, Oh, well, I need a partner at this stage in my life because then I need a house. Then I need a, but they weren't like active in actually, I don't know. It just, I think that's my fear <laughs> is like well, being passive I, in life. It's, it's so weird too, because like, as I've grown older, I, I can look back at a lot of the choices I've made and look at, look at those choices in such a different shade of glass now than I did when I was younger and you know like you'll I don't know if you've probably had people tell you oh you just don't understand or whatever right and it's like yeah 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 whatever you know grandpa or whatever they fucking know what they're talking about (laughs) it's I hate to say it but you learn most of the time not all the time but yeah there's a lot of times where it's like you didn't know what the fuck you're talking about things have changed dude but and to be honest, I think you you're the type of person that can tell that it's like, you know, when grandpa tries giving you shit for something that's like, no, it's not like that anymore. Grandpa, shut up. <laughs> I, hope my, I hope my grandpa doesn't listen to this. My grandpa, yeah. but he's been my <laughs> idol my entire life. I love my grandpa. He's been the hardest working dude that just like always working with his hands and stuff like that. But yeah, it's there's been a lot of things that he, he would tell me, my parents would tell me. Like they all forced me into getting into going to computer programming. I ended up hating it. After taking one semester, dropped out, didn't know what to do with myself. That whole evening happened in the bathroom and no sooner than that happened and I ended up moving back in with my mom to go back to school for uh welding, took welding boom out on my own was was i met my wife while i was in school for welding and yeah so it it it's just maybe sometimes you got to listen to your heart and do what you feel is best for you right and not take the advice of what everybody's telling you to do but that being said i'm looking at people like i said gary v um Robert Green is another guy that I've recently been listening to a lot lately and uh not a name that a lot of people on that forefront are familiar with but I know a lot of people that are in the maker community are familiar with Brian House 
has been a huge inspiration to me lately as far as enhancing yourself as a person, as being a better person and working for it. That dude has taught me so much about trying to persevere as a business person. Uh, He's hardcore on the capitalist side. Sometimes it's a little bit much and it's like, you know, I, I get it. I'm not as hungry as you. I envy that you're as hungry as you are, dude. But it's like, you got to have the right mindset for that too. If you don't have the right mindset to be a hungry business mm-hmm. person, you're, you're just not that person, right? And that's something that I've I've been trying to figure out a lot lately is I've wanted to start my own side business with, well, I have my own side business with blacksmithing and welding and stuff. Where Where am I going with that? I'm not too sure. Not too sure, and to be honest, I'm not even too sure where I'm why I'm bringing it bringing it up at this point here. We're we just like got like super like I, I I feel like I'm having such a personal conversation with you, and I have no idea who you are. This is so weird. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, this is great. I mean. Did you take substances before that? Did you take that substance again? Oh, and no, now dude. you're just we, like delving we into We wouldn't be talking if like... I was there. I'll tell you that much. I don't, and I haven't, I don't, I haven't done stuff like that in like since I was like, yeah, way back then. So it's been years. Yeah. Totally. I, I scared the shit out of me, dude. But I, I sorry. I mean, but it, I mean, it seemed like it was a good kind of scare that scared you onto right. a better path kind of thing. So, I mean, the axe, yeah. axe thing is just like kind of the thing you're doing right now. And maybe you're going to continue the social media thing or like you, you could grow off of it right now. You could really like, like these, there's people that have been doing this YouTube stuff for years and making good money doing it. So why not, why not pursue that? Yeah. Uh, and like, it almost scares me to think that I could do that. Like, and actually like make a living off of it. And, you know, it is building and I'm still so new to it. (laughs) Um, And I find it ironic because, you know, like at one point I was working as like a kind of almost like starving artist sort of filmmaker and like making these like very avant-garde kind of experimental films um, and like would put them in film festivals and maybe and like put them on the internet eventually and like I'd be spending like weeks and months yeah. and um you know collaborating with these artists and putting my heart and soul into this like five minute like random like like doesn't even actually have a storyline sort of like film and like maybe 200 people would see it <laughs> and you know and then all of a sudden I put it like a, a minute video of me like splitting a log on the internet and like two million people have seen it <laughs> yeah. uh the internet's weird <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, like, so I, yeah, I, I think I've just kind of like right now, just almost taking it day by day because I, I feel like I, the thought of actually, like, I've always wanted to be a creative or like, you know, do like kind of pursue my ADHD self and just have a bunch of like fun things that I get to do, like, like bladesmithing and uh wood shopping videos and and the thought of actually potentially being able to do that almost terrifies me i don't know it's like when 
when something that you dreamed of is actually possible, it it almost is scary because <laughs> it's like, well, what if I get it and then you know it's taken away from me? You're scared. You're scared then, to fuck it up. What? So I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I understand that. I understand <laughs> yeah. that big time. Some, I, I've seen that in myself sometimes where I'm like, I'm scared to take that step forward, even though I know it's the right step forward. Yeah, it's like, like, I know I have a tendency of uh, self-sabotage because, and I think it's like yep. based on a lot of that fear, like, because if, if I just like sabotage it before it gets to a point of like potentially becoming something, then I don't need to deal with like the, my potential like bigger think, failure. It, yeah. So I think me and you are very much alike in that aspect. That's so weird because yeah, I, I, I've had so many people tell me like, you've got everything you need to do what you want to do do it and i'm just like ah, oh i'm scared yeah. i don't want to succeed but i want to succeed yeah. that's so oh my god yeah no i feel that so hard that's oh I, I, that's weird like because just hearing you say that part of me is like well, wouldn't you be more afraid of not even trying than actually how much will you hate your, how much will you hate yourself if one day <laughs> something happens to you and you're not able to try anymore and you're gonna look back and be like motherfucker yeah right absolutely yeah yeah no no regrets <laughs> that's a cliche I, term but the, <laughs> okay so like the problem for me I was ready to do it dude and then we decided to sell our house and buy a house that was twice what we had before more than twice what we had before i am literally like i'm like holy fuck am i gonna pay my mortgage this month i gotta i gotta i gotta like do some extra work or something i'm gonna go i'm gonna go stand on the corner for a while here i gotta figure something out right but like it's it's like okay if i decide to do this full-time side hustle now at this point and it doesn't work i'm gonna be throwing my whole family like in a really shitty position man and i don't know if i feel i don't feel right doing that so yeah yeah it's it's been tough man is that your dog yeah no sorry <laughs> like you're 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 saying such great things and then my dogs are like barking or like i'm i'm watching some dogs. Good. but <laughs> they're going off <laughs> But, oh, my God, I mean, yeah, I guess, like, um, having a family and, like, I, there's a lot of, because mm-hmm. it's, it's not just you, it, like, that's a lot of, a lot of, a lot more weight on, on like, the decisions that you're trying making. trying to encourage you, by the way. Kind of that's, sad. What, I mean, that's what all that is. This whole, con- that's what this whole conversation has been. <laughs> I planned oh. this out before we even sat down. I was like, this girl needs encouragement. No, it's totally not what it is. <laughs> i mean i feel like i should what what do you charge for therapy i feel like i should be like (laughs) send me an invoice after twofold this conversation has been great both ways i feel the same way like i just really this is good it's great having this conversation with you i it's totally not a normal podcast 
like this is way outside the normal forge side chat. That's for sure. We've barely we haven't even asked you about your axes, which I'd like to know about some of your axes. And <laughs> I, there's this little thing where I go like, oh, oh, tell me about your tool. I mean, uh, tools, tools. I mean, tools. Tell me about your tools. <laughs> so I, I maybe you can tell me about your axes now instead of us talking about all this philosophy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I mean, this is, you know, side tangents. We just kind of got into a flow and we just kind of kept flowing. Uh, yeah. Oh, man. I mean, so I have like a, obviously, Daily a bunch driver. of axes at this point. Um, but uh, I mean, I stepped it up because, you know, like when I started posting on... <laughs> on social media i just had kind of like a just a super basic like utility sort of like split an axe like maybe five pound head uh and then obviously as as i kind of started splitting bigger rounds uh i kind of had to step it up to like an eight pound mall and uh i think i have one that's like 10 you know so i had to kind of i've been amping up my my axe my axes uh so i i think i have like well, I have like f- four a- four main kind of like wood splitting axes, and then Saw I have that. two swords. I don't know if where uh, did those come from, and what's yeah. the deal with that? <laughs> yeah. So when I started, <laughs> when I started kind of like gaining some traction on on TikTok, uh, somebody sent me uh, the the. TikTok account of this um, of Viking Wood Splitter or uh, this kind of company called Viking Wood Splitter, which is just like basically like a mom and pop shop. Uh, they uh, run by this lovely man and his wife, uh, Mike, uh, Michael and Kelly. And uh, he he's actually in, where is he? Sherwood? He's hmm. in Alberta. Um, and he's been making these swords uh, that split wood and he's been making these swords really? for like eight years or something like he just kind of he's a welder by trade. yeah he's a welder by trade and like I think he just I don't want to I might be butchering his story he only like but I think for what he said like he, he kind of made a sword um to take camping with him and kind of impress his friends because you know he's like oh this like, sword everybody wanted wood. one um <laughs> and then all of a sudden people right. of course absolutely and then, so he's been, I think he's been doing it now, like, full-time. Oh, like, I love it. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. Is he on Instagram? But, like, what a niche. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so Viking Woods, I think it's, like, Viking Woodsplitter official, um, because, mm. unfortunately, their first one got hacked. Uh, but, yeah, they're on Instagram, TikTok, and so, yeah, one day um, while I was gaining traction on on the social media uh somebody sent me his stuff uh and then so i saw there's a sword that splits wood so i immediately messaged them and i'm like can i can we chat can we collab can like can we talk um and then so we ended up like talking on um or like having a video chat and uh michael sent me a sword and Oh, it was so fun. Like I I was like a kid on Christmas <laughs> when I got that package. It was I was so excited. It was huge. Like uh I don't actually know exactly how much it weighs, but what's interesting about it is 
like an axe is obviously like top heavy or like the head is like the heaviest part of the axe. Whereas the sword, it's like, it's a very different weight distribution. Um, so it took a little while to actually <laughs> find the good technique to split the wood. So but is, is he oh, designing it's, it's these so swords <laughs> in a way where it looks like a normal sword and it just splits wood? Or is he doing something different to it that kind of gives it a splitting tech aspect to it? That's a good question. And like, I'm, I'm hoping to actually go to his, his place uh, sometime in the next couple months to like, kind of like see the process. Uh, Cause I can't, I don't really know exactly. Does the blade have but... like a pretty thin profile to it or does it wedge out at all in the center? It definitely wedge, like it kind of, it's kind of how a wedge. Do you think it so... is? How do you thick do you think it is in the center yeah, of the blade? I Oh gosh, I'm really bad with like the measurement. I squish you, I squish you. It's like it's like a tiny like a like a quit, you know, quit making, trying to quit, like look quit making fun of me like all the guys like at work a, do. Jeez. It's just like all that. I mean, it's not, not the size that matters though. You know, it's like it's the it's the shape also. Uh, no, yeah. but, but, what you're what you're what you're describing there, like you know that that squish you're doing there that that's pro- looks about traditional profile for a sword i'd say does but i wouldn't say he's doing anything like necessary well i don't know maybe he is i i'd have to take a, a closer look i've never looked at one closely so i don't know but it, it, it the fact that it's like an axe splitting sword makes me wonder if he's done something specific to it to make it better for splitting wood than what you would do to a sword normally for say cutting a torso apart i don't know like i mean i think like the there's because he's definitely gone through a couple different like iterations of the sword Um, is it sharp all the way around the handle but yeah i'd be interested so you let's say yeah really just like a real sword double-sided too yeah so if you wanted to you could like really like you know just go to war with that thing right I mean, that's that's really what I got yeah, it. You know, I just you always got to be prepared. Day, you never know. <laughs> yeah, probably, probably not. But I mean, there's people out there preparing. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Sure. <laughs> it's it's a it's a fun so fun thing to two have. Of them <laughs> and it's like, well. Yeah, so basically I got the first one um like quite a few months ago and then it was this is when I was living in in the interior and because I had to leave the place that I was living at I had to leave it like super quickly so I basically like packed up my SUV with everything that I owned and I thought I had the sword in my SUV before heading to Pender Island which is like a 16 hour like, drive it took me like uh, yeah Basically, yeah. So I know, really I know, fucking, I know. BC, <laughs> it's like, a Google map it's like right my, there. like I said, my, I, 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 my heart lives there. Not, I don't. My heart does. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, but yeah. So, like, yeah. No, well done. <laughs> but when I got to Pender and I was like unpacking my stuff, you know, I had like a couple of my axes, and then I'm like, oh, oh my god, the sword! It's not here, and. uh 
Yeah, this, so that was devastating. Um, I messaged I messaged uh, Michael and Kelly and, uh, you know, said, like, unfortunately, the sword's <laughs> still in the mountains and I'm I'm on tender. Um, and like they were they were very consoling, <laughs> which is, you know, like yeah, you bond with with definitely. your tools. <laughs> um, but eventually, for sure. Yeah. And but eventually I was able to, um, so they actually were so nice enough and, and they sent me a new sword, but, uh, my friend, yeah, no, like uh, they're, they're incredible. Um, but my friend was actually able to kind of, kind of rescue the sword from, from the place that I left. Uh, so shout out to Amy for, uh, going there and, and literally rescuing the sword. It was like this epic kind of quest. So then eventually I, I made it back to the Kootenays um and and got got my my original Thank sword you. back I'm so you know it's so been, many crazy it's been pictures a in my head of what happened dude i don't know <laughs> you, leave, you leave such a loose story for me to imagine <laughs> i love it <laughs> yeah Just, you no, know it's, what? it fell in the blanks uh, i guess man, no, uh, i don't I, know how much i like it share. that's awesome <laughs> and i like you know she went down there and there was a freaking wild west shootout <laughs> I mean, this is interior BC, right? Like Silicon Valley, like it's the place for it. Honestly, like you're, you might not even be that no, far I, from the truth there. I know so. Silicon Valley, dude. We uh, we drove through there from going from Big White to the uh, Red Mountain. What's the Red Mountain again? Rosalind. So. Yeah, we took Highway 33. Oh, yeah. Dude, what a beautiful scenic highway. I was just, I loved it, man. And the highway's right around, like, um, Nelson along the lakes and stuff. Oh, God, I just want to be there again. So, so awesome. What's it like on the (laughs) island? Is there, like, good highways where you are and stuff? Or is it, is it, what? okay, if I'm not mistaken, Salt Spring Island doesn't even, like, have, like, highways or anything like that like people don't really have cars there they like have like golf carts and shit right uh yeah i mean so salt spring is is a bigger island than the one that i'm on right now like i mean to to go right across pender it probably like to drive from one end of Pender to the other, oh, it okay. probably so, uh, takes like twenty minutes or so. Still a like, fucking highway a then. <laughs> okay. Hey, it's it's like hey, a I think like the population. Highway. Yeah, no, there's still it's like a paved road sort of You're thing. You're not living uh, in the but, like neck of nowhere. Yeah, or nothing here. it's not. Wait, that that's not how you say that, is it? No, no, no. Yeah, that's weird. What did I say? Neck there? of nowhere. <laughs> anyway, it may be. I mean, that could be a new thing. Yes. That could be a new thing. <laughs> that? The neck of nowhere. No, Pender, it's like, and I mean, it's a lot of retired folks. I, it's a lovely island, um, but most of my social life is hanging out with uh, a community. Uh, there's like a community wood shopping yeah. group. Like they're like a kind of a nonprofit. And it's like, yeah, it's so nice. They're, they're mainly like older, like, I, I feel like I'm constantly, like, it, it's like a group of like the nicest older men. Um, <laughs> and I've. Like it's like hanging out with a bunch of like progressive grandfathers, like, <laughs> and they're just like, <laughs> but they're so supportive. Some of them know about my Instagram, which yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. 
<laughs> but yeah, no, they're 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 fun. Uh, they're like most of my social life. Uh, nice. They're a fun group of group of fellas. <laughs> it's um, oh shit, totally lost my train of thought there. Fuck, had a had a question for him. You threw me off with the whole hanging out with old dudes, man. That's. <laughs> That was a bit of a surprise to hear that. I mean, and okay, so like you guys just like chop wood together all day, or like how does that work? Yeah, no, you're not. You're not far from like, the truth. Uh, yeah, that's basically a purpose it. Um, like, why are you chopping well, wood? So how? Before? Yeah, so uh, I guess this group has been kind of getting together. Um, huh, I think like for the past ten years, it's just. Uh, it was very like informal at first. Uh, they kind of, so this group of guys uh, just kind of got together and started like they would go and like harvest a tree that needed to come down either for safety reasons or um, it was already it, like it was already down and they needed to like somebody needed to go and like chop it up into firewood. Um, so then they kind of got together and started kind of going around the community and either like chopping up trees that needed to be like chainsawed and chopped. Uh, and then they had so much firewood. So then they started to sell the firewood to folks in the community. And then with the revenue, they started kind of collecting it and then would donate it back to the community. Yeah. So they raised like, I, I mean, I don't know if I can be quoted on this, but like, it's like at least, I think it's like around $60,000 a year that goes back to the community wow. which is yeah. amazing for such Dude, a small wish, yeah like the manitoba yeah. i know the manitoba blacksmith guild has been talking about doing different ways to fundraise or whatever and we kind of been like scratching our heads as to what to do and come up with a good good plan or whatever for that but like sixty thousand dollars a year wow damn I mean, maybe I, I get, I, I get I mean, it, I get it. But even like ten thousand dollars a year, dude. That's yeah, and it's so yeah, right. And it's like so good because like they're helping. Like it's usually people will call them if it, it's like let's say like an older lady and uh, there was a huge storm and like one of the trees fell and you know she need like she's like here have this tree chop it up sell the firewood and then that revenue gets donated awesome. back. So it's like. It's there's just so much win win win, and then this group like they're such great guys, and and I think uh, like they're all really good. For, like I think the group really means a lot to them because um, a lot of them are retired, and uh, you know this is kind of their social life too. Like they get out, they they get uh, they're active and um, engaged, and yeah, it's just <laughs> like at first I definitely had a lot of imposter syndrome. Uh, my friend Sarah. Uh, who she was like kind of the first I think she was like the first female let in and like probably the first one under the age of like uh like 50 <laughs> um and uh she started chopping with them um and then she kind of introduced me to the group uh and yeah so it's usually just me and a couple guys oh. over the age of I think 70 uh, just going out chop <laughs> so I, I uh, remembered what I wanted to ask you <laughs> Have you gotten to start to know your woods now at this point? Do you know your different species of woods? I'm, oh, I want like learning. I'm still very much in the learning phase. Like I can kind of tell, I can kind of like identify uh, 
there's just so much to know. And like, I, I miss identify species a lot, and, but like the, the guys in the group have been, they've been such good, uh, I guess mentors. Uh, cause like whenever we do go chopping, like they're like, this is, you know, this is a Douglas fir, like this is, uh, and like, they kind of, te- they're like almost my senseis. Like they kind of, mm-hmm. they're like, you have to read the grain and like, see, like <laughs> kind of tell me like, you know, split in this, in this pattern or like, you see that Dude. knot, you should split on this side then. That's and like so kind awesome. of, uh, they're, they're yeah. this is, this is where <laughs> old people are awesome. I don't know if that came out right or not, but what I said, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think we get get what you mean. Like, we need we need to learn from our from our elders. They're far more <laughs> yes. wiser and more experienced than, than we are. <laughs> uh, there's, but you know what? Uh, on that, there's yeah. also so much that we tend to teach our elders too, as young young adults and uh, children. My my child has taught me freaking shit, man. It's you can't stop learning. I mean, it, it, once you get to that point where you throw that that shield up of like I've learned enough or whatever, I'm ignorant and I don't want to know anymore. It's no bueno. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like preach. <laughs> that's so true, <laughs> and that's so true too. Like you learn from everybody that you meet. Like if you can always find something to learn from somebody, and I think that's like one of the like you're kind of like shooting yourself in the foot. If you, if you come across somebody and you're like, Oh no, there's no value that I can get from this person. It's like, no, like every single human on this planet has something to teach the world. And like, yeah, we're kind of like screwing ourselves over if we close ourselves my, off to uh, that. Younger brother actually has taught me a lot about that because he works for a methadone clinic and deals with a lot of, situations wow. i guess is the best way you could put it um have he's had to save people from overdoses lots in his time now like lots it's not like you know a couple times it's it's happened quite a few times wow. now so it's like you know he he's been involved in a lot of um i don't know how to put it without sounding like i'm trying to be rude or whatever but uh in 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 those people's lifestyles i guess and and the, and he's even explained it to you. He's like, dude, you have no idea. There's, it's all walks of life. I've had lawyers come in here. Like, you never know who's gonna get addicted to the to that stuff. It's it's fucked up. But one of the things I've learned from him through that is to to listen to those people when they talk because you don't know where they came from and the story that's that's in those people and. Spending, you know, <clears throat> five minutes going, you know, I, like it, it's something that I've done before. You go and donate to the shelters or whatever and, and spend five minutes and talk to the people. Get to listen to their stories. Yeah, more than five minutes, obviously, to get to know the story. But, you know, spend spend some time talking to the homeless people or the people that have that are going through addictions problems and, and get to understand that side. Of it. But also talk to you know, rich people and people that are, that are working for it. Like Brian house. I love talking to Brian house and and hearing his enthusiasm for life and, you know, constantly trying to, to push people to do better for themselves. He's actually starting. He was just saying on his last podcast, he's trying to start a, an educational program for makers because he doesn't believe 
that our our governments are doing enough for people that are in the making industry, people that want to work with their hands. We're losing that in our school systems and people in general are seem to be losing interest in it. There's not enough people interested in it. And he wants to really promote that. That's, and that's, that's what I wanted with the Manitoba blacksmith guild. That was always my, my goal was to try to promote blacksmithing. I still want that even just in my personal shop. I want to be bringing people in and teach them. I had a, I had a girl that decided she wanted to get into welding and I kind of brought her in and convinced her go and look for a grant. She got a grant at the one of the local colleges got a welding program for free, just graduated, got a job as a mill, a millwright apprentice because of it. And she's going to freaking just prosper because of that stuff. And I'm just like, yes, this is, these are the good deeds I want to do in life. I want to see people grow and help people grow. Right. And, and I love helping or having help from other people grow. And like I was saying, Brian house and what he's doing, bless the man. It's amazing. I, I no religion. Sorry. <laughs> I'm I I'm not religious. I actually like I'm like maybe Buddhist kind of like I believe a lot in the Buddhist philosophy. But yeah, that's yeah. so. Oh man, I mean, thank you for sharing that. That was so. That was such a great like. That was like a TED talk right there. <laughs> uh, but that's so true. Oh man, I I loved how. It seemed like kind of what you were saying uh, with even like the the folks that are um, that you encounter at the methadone clinic. Like, yeah, that's like everyone has a story. And like, it's not like anybody wakes up one day and is like, I want to be an addict. Like, no, like they yeah. end up there because some something happened to them. And maybe they didn't have somebody that that was able to like give them the support that they need. Like no one, like we have no right to judge anybody that ends up there. At, Cause like that could easily have been any of us. More and, often than not, it tends yeah, to be there's... childhood trauma. It tends to really play a lot into things, man. Oh man. Isn't that, it seems well, like it plays into yeah, literally everything. Yeah. It's kind of, like, <laughs> I, I feel like we're starting to break that mold a little bit in society of we're, we're really starting to understand that and that's partially why I'm talking about it right now too is because I think it's something that if you aren't on the forefront of trying to be you know I don't I don't know if I want to say it being the best parent you can be because everybody can take that differently but being kind and caring towards children because they've they need that development phase, right? Like hardcore. <laughs> he I don't know. And then there was other people that are like, ah, he doesn't know what he's talking about. You can't, you can't win them all, right? Everybody's different. So. Yeah. That's so true. But I think, I think you're right though. Like it seems like we're becoming way more aware of how influential children's brains are and like that whole development process, like, and then how, yeah and how important it is and how like we need to be a little bit more aware of like what what that is and uh i mean i'm definitely not a, not a parent but i i can kind of see how like maybe that's even influencing something like that that helicopter parenting because they're like so hyper aware of like oh no like timmy can't <laughs> what and like i guess like ah uh, yeah i i have so much respect for like parents and people that are like raising children because oh that that responsibility and like especially in in uh the world today where we are getting a lot of that awareness of 
of the development phase, but like, uh, I can see how that also would spark a lot of anxiety for parents. Like, you know, like what does it mean to be a good parent now? And there's like so many different like approaches. Jesus, I got (laughs) to wonder if that's something that parents, you know, like in the eighties, seventies, if that, if that was a conscious thought process for a lot of people back then is like, um, am I doing the best I can do as a parent or was it more or less like, no, we just have kids and they grow up and ah, go outside and play Johnny. You'll grow up just fine. Right. Like I don't where did the mentality shift? How did it shift? I really, you know, I I've never studied that. And I, maybe, maybe I should one day, maybe I should look into that a little bit more because it does interest me all this, you know, the philosophy of, of children and, and, you know, being a, a good parent that's you know I, it's it's tough though because i'm really more on this right now i'm on this and it, the re- reason i say it's tough is because i do feel like i should be putting more efforts to being a good parent versus worrying about business but i believe that i'm at a point now where if i don't worry about the business then it'll never happen but then on the other hand it's like yeah but you also have a kid that's like you know, needing things because that will never happen again either, right? It's like a very tough balance trying to learn from people like Brian House how to fucking work for it. Tell you what, man, guy knows what he's doing. Uh, I keep on poking poking his name, eh? Throwing it out there. I got a lot, a lot of love for the guy, man. A lot of love for the guy. Yeah. 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 No, I mean shout out to yeah. I I haven't actually. I'm not familiar with well, this he's guy, the, so I think I gotta. He's a gentleman that, that. But um. But yeah, I mean. In, invent. I don't like using the word invented. He he made what's called the Revolution Grinder. It's a two by seventy two grinder that's a super easy kit to build from home. He manufactures all the parts. You can just order the kit and build it at home on your own. And it's like literally one of the easiest and best grinder setups you can get. I mean, you, you could step up your game a little bit, I suppose, and go with a broad brick grinder for Maritime Knife Supply. You, know, you might be just a, a little bit of a step up because it's not a home-built unit. It's like a professionally built, built unit at that point. You can't go wrong with the Revolution kit at the same time. It's, I mean, there's price point differences, right, too, right? Buying a professional unit versus buying a, a kit unit, right? But Brian House nailed it when he when he started producing that kit. Like really nailed it. It was a brilliant idea. He's also got a a forge kit now. You can just order the forge in a box. It shipped to your doorstep. You take it out, put it all together. Now you got a forge with a ribbon burner, which is like the 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 best of the best. Great propane forge. So yeah. Ah, oh, geez, good to know. I mean, thanks for that shout out, actually, because I uh, that that's one of the things that I've been trying to figure out, like. I, I'm going to be more permanently on Pender, uh, at the end of August. And so in my, like, I'm basically living in like kind of a backyard cottage. Um, and like, there's like a little bit of space where I'm like, can I, can I just have like a little propane forge here? But, and so I've been trying to figure out like, or like even like look for advice on like how to, how to, like what type. Like what approach can I have to like a little backyard? Right. I haven't all, gotten full all, permission for this yet, so like <laughs> I'm, I'm 
trying to like yeah yeah <laughs> like just like a little knife making kind of kind of setup would be, would uh, be no, cool. it uh, doesn't take yeah. much man like especially for knives you don't need like a real big anvil and uh you know there's there's a side to me that I'm, i don't really like forged knives per se i don't know if liked is the right word for it. i just i'm not i'm not sold on the process of forging <laughs> knives i personally think that stock removal is the better route to go versus forging a knife you don't get the satisfaction of forging it that way unfortunately mm. and which is like really where you know a lot of the satisfaction <laughs> comes from is shaping it by hand is really awesome but in reality every time you put that steel in the forge you're inducing possible stress failures you're reducing the amount of carbon it it's micro amounts but it's it is every time it goes in there you lose a little bit more carbon and you start to degrade the the quality of the steel a little bit every time it goes in the forge and then as you wail on it with your hammer you're also inducing stress into the blade which you tend to take out through thermal cycles but uh, it's still i mean you can avoid all of that simply by doing stock removal so you know go and get yourself a the broadback 2x72 or mm. you know build yourself the revolution kit at home and set up a little grinder in, uh, in the back type thing and you just grind out knives in like no time flat it i just took a knife making course with uh, my friend justin lamaru and like 12 hours it took to teach me how to make a chef knife and a lot of that like we weren't working super hard he took a lot of time and just like like we're friends so there was a lot of time and just like hanging out as friends right and listening to music and stuff like that stopping for a bite to eat for like an hour or something i can't remember how long it was but yeah like I honestly think that if I really wanted to, I could probably be pumping out a chef knife in like six hours on my own if I really wanted to after taking that course. And that's that's without any forging. Nice. Stock removal. Okay, yeah. so that was just with yeah. like I had just so like I a stock. bought uh, okay. steel from Maritime Knife huh. Supply. He's like I said, he sells everything you need for making knives, and he ships all over Canada, North America, and fast. Um, so if you want to order steel for making knives, pins for the handles, handle material, all that stuff, he's got it all. And so, yeah, we took this like three, no, one eighth thick piece of two inch wide flat bar, 1084, I think it was, I'm pretty sure, cut out the shape with the bandsaw and then hardened it after we did that or whatever, did this bevels and stuff. I can't, I'm not getting this all straight here. I can't remember the exact same, exact process. I cut it out, put bevels, then harden it, then finish the bevels under the grinder. That's how it goes. And then put the handle on it. There's all that jazz somewhere in there. Yeah. But it was like quick, dude, super quick and easy. Wow. Yeah. I haven't done like, I haven't really explored that process. So like, that's good to know. Thank you for sharing. Now, I'm what was that? Knife supply. I'm, I'm like taking down yeah. a note. Maritime knife supply? And, okay. okay. You dealing with all the wood handles on your axes and everything else. And if you get into knives, the, the Twiller linseed buddy. I don't know if you've ever played with linseed oil before, but I mean, it's like, yeah. Okay. So store-bought stuff yeah. sucks. 
It's usually got Japan dryer in it, dries relatively quick because of that. But because of it, it can be tacky. It can stink a little bit. This dude in Saskatchewan is literally growing the flax on his farm, taking that seed, grinding it up, making the oil, not putting any additives into it whatsoever so it's still food safe and whatnot. He's got a few different lines of products. You can get the straight linseed oil. You can get what he calls, I always call it the flax wax. It's not called flax wax, but he takes he takes the linseed oil and does a mixture with beeswax. He's got linshield oil. Or lin, is it just called linshield? Linshield, and it's like beeswax, oil, and carnauba wax. A, a mix of mixture of that. I don't know the ratios for any of this stuff. It's all secret, right? Hush, hush. <laughs> and he's also making linseed oil paint yeah. <laughs> now, for like painting your decks and stuff. Yeah, which I'm planning to redo what? my deck right away. So I'm going to be getting some of that from him. Damn, good to know. Because like I definitely have a bu- like a a bunch more like I'm 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 stockpiling some like old axe heads and like that I want to rehandle and stuff. So this like, is the what's, what's this guy's name? We're like, how com. do I find this? He's on Instagram. That's his name's Dawson, and him and his brother run the farm. Yeah. And if you make an order $50 or more, you can use the code ForgeChat10 and save yourself 10%. What? That seems, see, this seems like it was set up, but I I never, I don't plan out my ad reads at all. I just kind of like wait for the opportunity for it to happen. And yeah, sometimes it doesn't happen and I've actually missed a sponsor yeah. read here and there before so oh actually um the one of the things i'm forgetting maritime knife supply is sponsoring the great lake knife show that's coming up august 19th i believe i don't have the paper in front of me or the thing but it's uh in southern ontario it's going to be hosting a huge lineup of amazing knife makers mostly canadian i do believe there's some people coming in there that aren't canadian but uh like do knife show there's blade show down in the states and then there's the great lakes knife show and this is the canadian counterpart that you do not want to miss out on if you want to find yourself some of the best knives available in canada that's the place to go right there i know my friend yako is going to be there my friend brad's going to be there steve is going to be there with some of his japanese japanese knives so it's definitely something to go and check out Other than all of that, Jazz, like I, mean, a good time. <laughs> I, I think we maybe should kind of get winding down here. We're close to the two-hour mark. Do you want to just like tell me if the, you got a song you've been listening to lately? What's hot on your list? Oh, jeez! Actually, you know, what? I'm just gonna pull up my Spotify. I don't even know what I've been listening. I, like, oh, my music choices have varied greatly. Like, I think consistently. Uh, anything by Ben Howard lately like he's just like a he's just like a very like kind of folky like very soft music <laughs> so I think it's just been like my go-to for like kind of calm uh but then I will also just like put on like heavy <laughs> trap music which is <laughs> literally the opposite <laughs> that's my ADHD brain because like I feel like I need to listen to something like hardcore when i'm doing like like okay. cleaning the dishes because otherwise i, I just won't is do it so. <laughs> is isn't trap like a type of rap 
No, I maybe I'm using the wrong terminology. Maybe that's so, like okay. Oh, so the only reason I'm saying not, that, and I don't know, trap. is I know uh, there's a thing like, that I've seen on YouTube before where it's Hank Hill trap music or something like that, and it's him doing a rap song about propane, propane money, bitch. <laughs> 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 oh, that's exactly. That's, you know what? That's the song that I'm listening to. No, <laughs> that should be my song choice. <laughs> uh, that's. I'm gonna have to look that one up about propane. Okay. Uh, no, anything with like. I feel like when I when I'm doing things that I don't like, you know, uh, stuff around that around the house or anything. Like right now, I've just been putting on some sort of like beats. <laughs> but then when I actually want to listen to like just in the car like listening to music that'll be well, you're sa- what was the ben ben's, ben 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 howard do you, is there a song that you could recommend uh i mean one of them probably one of the ones that is more under old pine ben howard old pine <laughs> and the one i i'll throw out there is mu330 uh who's your love uh, it's a bit of a punk song. I've been like hot on the punk lately. I did. I totally wanted to go with the. Oh, it's it's Hank Trill, not Trap. Hank Trill. Hank yeah. Trill. Propane okay. money. <laughs> oh, I, I was gonna play it, but I just went straight to an ad because I don't pay for YouTube. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. So um, I I listened. To, I. I got this like skate ska punk music list or whatever and it's like an hour and a half long of like different ska music i love ska music and mu330 who's your love is like i don't know number 20 on the list or something like that it's i i never heard these guys before and i got it on this playlist i'm just like that is a good song good vibes happy go feel jump around yeah my wife (laughs) laughs at me when i get into those vibes but it's good (laughs) <laughs> nice and that's like your on repeat song like yep. is that as they say like your your dopamine song like when it when it's on you're like yeah <laughs> you know you know it dude you you get to that okay <laughs> i've talked about this before being in the blacksmith shop the right music's on you had just just the right amount of beer the right time of night <laughs> just all the right things hit and it's like boom yeah, that's the spot. It kind of like, oh, yeah. what was it? Uh, Gone in sixty seconds when uh, the he does the thing. Like, ah, uh, yeah, I don't know. You don't know what I'm talking about. He does. Don't know what I'm talking. No, no, no but, yeah. but I I appreciate your your passion for this. So I just kind of nodding my head and going, cool. along. yeah, cool. <laughs> cool. cool. <laughs> like we like to uh, wrap it up with a. Bob and Doug's Bob and Doug McKenzie uh, farewell. So, I tried. I can't do it without the coast. It's just not the same. Sorry. It was a absolute splendid time chatting with you, dude. What a conversation! Uh, <laughs> look forward to seeing more of your stuff. Don't don't stop, please. Keep it up. <laughs> Oh, thank you. I mean, thank you so much for, for all this time. And yeah, I didn't, oh, we kind of took a bunch of tangents, but we went on like a journey. So uh, yeah, thanks. Thanks for reaching out. And I'm excited to 
hopefully if I do come back, I'll have a lot more knowledge and a lot more experience with like blacksmithing and stuff. But it's definitely like I've caught the bug, as they say. So I definitely want to get back into the forge and pound some more metal and, you know, get back at it. <laughs> right on. I'll look forward to seeing some blacksmithing videos then, bud. Perfect. <laughs> Will do. Cool. Take care. <laughs> Thanks. Good you day. Too. Good day. Eh? <laughs>